Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet here. I've got Heather, I always pronounce names wrong so I'm not going to say her last name. I've got Heather with me and we're going to talk about, well Heather. So how are you doing Heather? I'm doing pretty good. So... So introduce yourself to the beast so everyone knows who you are, I mean, to the to listeners. I mean, like I said, it's Rourke, right, his last name? Rook. Like Rook. the chess piece. See, I always want to throw yeah. an R in there. See, I always do weird stuff like that. So, Heather Rook. So, so tell us a little bit about Heather. Uh, so, I'm Heather. I'm 30 and uh, married. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm the one who brings the cakes to all the events and, and has fun with the beast. And um, I've been racing for a year as of today nice. was my one year of so Washougal. races. So, yes, um, Washougal was my very first race of me doing it myself. Uh, before that, I was just volunteering um, while Alex did his races, and I finally decided I don't want to stand on the sidelines anymore. So I still volunteer, just typically as the days that I'm not racing. So. I enjoy being at the races and putting forth that extra energy towards trying to not kill myself while killing myself. Nice. See, and uh, like I, uh, the the volunteering. I think the first place I met you, I think, was in Seattle. Was it this year or last year? I don't remember. One of the times in Seattle, you were volunteering, and you got a picture. You got pictures of a bunch of us going over one of the obstacles. Yeah, I got. I recognize you from our group, and um, so I took a picture of your entire group. Uh, going over the one of the tall walls yep. uh, while everybody needed help going over it. So you were going back and forth helping everybody on one side and walking over to the other side and helping bring them back down. So <laughs> I got tons of pictures of you guys for that one. Um, I also got a bunch of uh, people on the monkey bars that year, and that was the year that Alan pulled his arm out of socket, and I actually got a picture of him pulling his arm out of the socket. Oh. Um, yeah, he cringes looking at that picture but it was a lot of fun being able to go through and watch Alex get his trifecta so yeah yeah I I volunteered at the kids no the um registration the next day for that one as well yeah, so I mean that—that's kind of where I got first started meeting you. It was like when you were volunteering on course, and I'm like, I you're you're one of the beasts, and you know, and for some reason I'm like the noticeable one. I actually had on the way back from Washougal last weekend, I was driving back and stopped at a rest area, and of course I had my my shirt on from the race, and this guy's like, oh, you did the race today, and I'm like, yeah, and he's like, you're Mike from the Beast, and I'm like, who are you? It's like this is creepy. I'm in a men's restroom you know on a rest stop I'm not that kind this isn't that kind of rest stop buddy but it was just kind of <laughs> it was just odd but I mean it's really cool that like like people for whatever reason I don't know if it's the hair or whatever but I'm like somehow have become like one of the recognizable faces of the beast and I don't get it but well you're you're identifiable it's the hair and the personality that comes with it I guess but you're definitely identifiable you Adam and I think Ted were the first three that I really started recognizing and then it you know went on to, to Patrick and Zane and then every eventually I know pretty much everyone at this point. Yeah. I I, so I like to put myself out there and meet new people, so it's definitely been interesting meeting up with the beast and uh, Dave Bax is actually the one who introduced the beast to us when Alex and I were volunteering at the build shift in Washougal last year. Yeah. So it was it was pretty cool that 
he asked if we were on a team yet, and we're like, no, we have our, our group of friends that does it, but that was it. And even then, one friend moved out to another state. Another friend is gung-ho about everybody else, or every race that we aren't exactly going to, so it's we're, we're kind of spread thin. Yeah. And he's like, you should meet up with the Beasts. And so we joined Beasts OCR on the, on the spot, and kind of took it and ran and that's actually what Dave says to me every time that I see him is he's just like wow you kind of you kind of really immersed yourself into the beast group didn't you <laughs> it happens it's kind of one of those things once you become with the in the beast group and you really start to like immerse yourself into it it becomes like a whole nother family and you Absolutely. just you know and it's a family you can't get rid of it's crazy but <laughs> you know I like I, I know I need this I, every time I go through a struggle, I look down at my wrist and I see that bracelet and I'm like, all right, if, you know, the beast can push themselves through the races and if if I can do what I do with them, then I can finish whatever I'm doing. So even when it comes down to, like, my cakes and stuff, I'm getting really frustrated with something not working. I just, I look down at my wrist. So I'm like, I can do the races. I can do this. Yeah. So... And for people that don't know, you you make some amazing cakes, and that's kind of one of those things too. It's just like, and that is that's a challenge in itself. Um, I know this. Some people may not know this. My mom made me go through cake decorating classes when I was in my teens, and I was better at it than she was, so she was pissed about that. But and I've decorated cakes on and off throughout my life. I kind of not to the extent that you do. I've done some wedding cakes and stuff like that, but it's like off and on for throughout the years, but it's frustrating, but it's, I'm my worst critic. So I have to, at some point for me, when I'm doing a cake, I have to walk away at some point and just be like, okay, that's it. I'm done. If I keep screwing with it, I'm going to make it worse because it happens to the best of us. I, I, I do it every time oh. too. <laughs> you see flaws. And I mean, every cake's going to have a flaw and most people aren't going to see it except for you. And there's been cakes that I made. I'm like, this is wrong with it. This is wrong with it. This is wrong with it. And everyone's looking at me going, I don't see what you're seeing. And I'm like, yeah, but I can. Yeah. Exactly. And I have one that is a violin and it was standing up because I specialize in 3D sculpted. Mm-hmm. So um, when I'm building a cake, I, I plan it out in my head. I'm really bad. I used to be a great like drawing style artist back in like high school, but then I just stopped drawing. So now when I'm, I'm processing how I want a cake to look, it's in my head. I yep. can't draw it out. I can't figure it out that way. So I'm doing this 3D sculpted uh, violin off of a violin that actually came up on the wagon train by my five times great-grandfather. Still works. I got to play it. It was incredible sound. And so I'm like comparing the two and it's just like this flaw and that flaw and this flaw. Well, I was doing it for the Oregon Symphony. And I'm like, if I see these flaws, they're going to see them too. <laughs> so yeah. they know what the violin is supposed to look like. I tore that cake down three times and rebuilt it, and eventually it looked perfect. And when I brought it in to the Oregon Symphony, they just their jaws just dropped on the floor. It was fantastic seeing the the reactions by them for the event, and that's pretty much why I do it. I love to see the reactions of people when they see my my three D cakes, and yeah. it, it's. It's just shocking to see that, oh, that can be a cake, or, you know, anything can be cake. Oh, it is a cake. You have to have the right person to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's tough. I mean, I've never done, like I said, I've never done anything to the scent that you do. I just do, mainly I'll do stuff for, like, family and friends, but I've had ones where I was supposed to do one that was a, a lion, oh, I think it was a lion or a teddy bear or something, but it was huge, 
and it was the cake pan that I had, the molded cake pan, was from like yeah. the 70s, and apparently cakes don't rise now like they used to, and the cake didn't rise into the pan like it was supposed to. So I ended up having to like pour, do a whole nother like cake almost and put it on the other side of the pan and then piece it, like stick it together. And in doing so, (laughs) it made the head was so heavy and I didn't even, I was like, put it together. I'm like, okay, it's good. And I turned around to do something and I heard this thud and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And I turned around and the head's laying on the floor. I'm like, I'm done. You know, and it it is, and it's one of those things, it's like, okay, if I ever do that pan again, I know how to do it, I'm going to have to stick a dowel or something down through the neck, because it's not strong enough, but it was just like, yeah, but yeah, so I mean, I I get your your struggle with the cakes, I've made some interesting ones, I mean, if you ever want to swap stories, I've got some funny ones, like bachelorette ones that I can't talk about on here, because yeah, they they were completely... I have a few that I don't post to my page, because while my page is family friendly, not all of my cakes are... Yeah. So, <laughs> I have a friend of mine that uh, his girlfriend requested a special cake for his birthday, and yeah. I definitely came through with it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, see, I did one for a, a bachelorette party that was uh, two parts. I mean, it was part of the male anatomy and part of the female anatomy, and it was not appropriate at all. Yep, yep. I, I keep those in a special folder of, upon request only for people looking for references. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of one of those fun things. And I mean, cakes, you know, if you ever want cakes, what's it? It's Wookiees, cookies, and cakes? Yes. Yes. So if you ever want a beautiful cake. What's that? (laughs) My maiden name is Wookiee. Okay, that explains the Wookiee then. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's dedicated to my grandfather and my dad's side. My dad had two daughters, and so this is my way of carrying on that family legacy. And my grandfather taught me how to bake. I am not somebody who went to school for it. Um, so everything I do is just purely trial and error, YouTube videos, and practice. <laughs> so, but sometimes that's yeah. the best way of learning things. I mean, I've been, you know, like I said, I was, I only went to like the Wilton courses or whatever they were, you know, back in, yeah. okay, this is going to tell how old I am, back in the 90s. So <laughs> it might have actually been in the 80s, but like the very late 80s. But um, so I went through all those with my mom because she, my mom wanted to take them, but she didn't want to be alone. Right. So I was like 14 and she's like, well, you're going with me. And I'm like, "Uh, okay. And really didn't get a choice. So I just kind of was forced to go with her. And then it was one of those things, like I said, she got mad because I was better at it than she was. But (laughs) and for me, what made it actually even funner was I'm ambidextrous, like legit. Yeah, I'm legit ambidextrous. I can use both hands. So when I do a cake, it's really hard to make like some of those borders go the opposite direction using your right hand. And most people aren't coordinated enough to do it left-handed. But I am, so I could do whatever I wanted. So I could do things a little bit different. And if you're ambidextrous too, I mean, there's things that you can do with borders and some of the other stuff that people can't because, well, they only have one hand. Right. I was... um doing an order of I think it was a thousand cupcakes and it was in two days and my mom was there to help me out and I I twist my the tops of my um, piping bags to make sure that nothing yeah. comes out the top That's what you're supposed to do. and I I didn't realize that I twist mine left handed whereas she twists hers right handed so every time I'd hand her a bag it would untwist and just cause mayhem yeah. so she's like would you stop twisting them you twist them backwards I was like no I don't I twist them fine and I realized that I pipe left handed 
Yeah. But everything else I do is right-handed. <laughs> yeah, and see, I do both. I can switch back and forth with my hand, so if one hand gets tired, I can just switch to the other hand and keep going. Right, and I've come to realize that um, typing is actually one of the reasons why I'm really good at the obstacles that require grip strength, is yep. because depending on the temperature outside and the temperature of my hands, which I'm super small, so I don't get much circulation to my hands, so they're always cold, um, the frosting consistency can be super hard while still being a smooth frosting. Yes. And so it, out of like the tiniest little tips, I can get the pressure consistency because it's all about changing the, the pressure in the bag to make like the perfect scallop and things like that. So I came to realize that a lot of my technique when I'm working on like monkey bars and rings and, and even like Olympus, um, my grip strength is the same motions as me piping. Yeah. It's amazing what you find works. <laughs> you know, that was one of the problems. When I first did it with my mom, I couldn't use the plastic bags. Right. Because if the icing was too thick, my I would actually squeeze so hard that I, I would blow the pop the bag. Yep. So I had to, like, always either make sure that the icing was thin enough that I could get it through without popping it. Or, you know, that I'd use the, the parchment bags, the good ones. But... Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, and, and it's one of those things that helps you, you know. If it helps you with your grip strength, that's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I've, it, it, pro tip, if you have problems and you don't want to get one of those little hand exercisers, but you can't get through things like Olympus or Z-Wall, go and get a piping bag and just practice your piping skills, and that will help with your uh, dexterity in your hands. There you go. It also helped by trying to actually draw stuff because that gets you some weird dexterity where you're trying to like... Because my biggest thing is, it's funny, is I can't write on a cake. If I have to write on a cake... (laughs) It's like somebody else has to do it because if you actually want to read it, don't let me write on the cake. I can do anything else you want on the decoration side, but don't let me write on it. So, So, I know we've talked about cake a lot, but how have... You said you've been racing a year, right? Right, one year. How long has Alex been racing? Um... He started in October of 2016. Was his very first race. He was racing the sprint after the Seattle Beast. Okay, so it didn't take you too long to, to join him. But what was your? No, I got real jealous real fast. And when that happens, I'm just going to do whatever is happening. What What kept you at first from doing from from trying one? So. I have always been an active person, and I'm very open about this, and so I don't blush if anybody does have questions, uh, mostly females, but I can talk to males about it as well. Um, After I had my kid, I had urinary incontinence, Mm -hmm. and not just a little. Um, Walking around was making it to the point where I was wearing diapers um, for a while. Like I said, I'm 30. I had my son at 25, so um, I knew that if if I tried to do any of this, I would immediately, they call it leaking, but... To be completely honest, I would immediately void my bladder. Yeah. And once it's, it's not like I could just go to the bathroom real fast, you know, in one of the porta potties and jump in line and go because your body is constantly processing and, and bringing it down to your bladder. So it's not the entire race that I would leak. Yeah. Um, so I was super self-conscious about that. I didn't want to be somebody peeing on the obstacles, things like that. And so I didn't want to do it for that reason. And... Eventually, I was like, I'm missing out. I really, I see the joy on Alex's face and on our friends that also did the races with him. I I saw the joy and the determination behind them, and I really wanted to get out there and, you know, do those obstacles and have fun with it. And even though I was super self-conscious, it it eventually, I was just done. So in 
2017 in June, early June, end of May, we did the terrain race for my son's birthday. Mm-hmm. And that was our first race. As, like, as a family, we all got to go out and do the terrain race in um, Sherwood, Oregon. And I had a blast doing that. I definitely ended up peeing all over the course. <laughs> but it while I was super self-conscious about it when it happened, I I still had fun. And we were wet for most of it, so you couldn't tell. And so that motivated me to do the next one and the next one and the next one. Eventually came around to Portland. And that's the one that I was really scared about. And I got through it incredibly self-conscious by the end of it like went immediately into the uh a changing mode and changed into my regular clothes and not gonna lie I did go home and cry about it feeling bad about myself but at the same time I was like I really want to do this and be- thanks to the Washougal race last year I told myself I would get surgery to fix it because I don't plan on having any more kids I love my boy but I don't like kids <laughs> <laughs> and um so I I decided that I was going to go get surgery, and I talked to a few people, and they said, you know, you're too young, you're too young, and I told them how severe it was. I was in physical therapy for three years, because they were like, oh, it's just a woman's problem, and it's not, and no. it's something that needs to be talked about more. It's something that needs to be taken more seriously. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean you have to be embarrassed and pee yourself all the time, so talk to a real doctor, a real urogynecologist if you do have problems like this. Um and get it taken care of because you don't need to spend your life being embarrassed about stuff like that. I can laugh. I can run. I can jump and skip and play now. In November, I got my surgery done so that in, um, what was that, April, March, March, I was able to do San Jose. And nice. the only obstacle that I skipped was the uh, bucket carry because as soon as I picked it up, it pressed on my incision points and it was too close for that. And I was like, I'm not going to risk it. No, so yeah, I skipped bucket carry. And then this um, Washougal race, I did my bucket carry unbroken, and I didn't have to stop and readjust and, and resituate and things like that, which is the first time ever for me. And I was able to carry it high enough on me that it didn't even touch that. My incision points are all healed up and everything like that. So it's made a massive difference in my confidence in who I am now, and it made me feel so much better about myself out of the six races that I've done this year, I haven't had any problems once. So it's made a massive difference in me and my racing. And I cut my time down drastically because I wasn't worried, oh, am I going to leak now? And, oh, now that I have leaked, you know, is everybody going to see it? And so I slow down and I focus on that when I shouldn't be focusing on that. So yeah. I cut my time down by an, almost an hour this year in Washougal. That's awesome. So, yeah. And I know I've talked to a few different beasts about it, uh, beast ladies, and I've given them tips and given them advice on, you know, who they should see and, and why you should see someone that's a specialist and things like that. Um, it costs about the same if you're looking at, you know, financial-wise. It costs about the same as if you just go to your current doctor or your current gynecologist or anything like that. Um, but a urogynecologist is a specialist who focuses on it, and they have a much higher success rate um, than those that go off and go to just a urologist or a, a gynecologist or things like that. So I highly suggest it if you do go through issues like that. It'll change your life completely. Yeah, and that's one of the things. I mean, a lot of people have those weird, you know, I don't want to say weird, I guess isn't the right word, but something something they, they're, they're worried about, you know. Some issue when they're out on the course. I mean, something like that. I mean, 
I get it. I mean, it's I I think that would bother me too if I was worried about doing that on every obstacle and everything. And I'm glad you took care of it. And I mean, I think there's a lot of things people have like that where they're afraid to to do anything about it because you know the consequences. What will other people think? You know, kind of about that. And I think a lot of times our health kind of takes a back seat to people worrying about what others might think of you. Right. I completely agree. I thought that if I got, you know, bladder surgery that I'm old, but at 25 years old, I, I shouldn't have been in diapers no. either. Um, and we are, we know exactly what caused all of it. It wasn't, you know, a doctor issue or anything like that. My kid had a 13 centimeter head. He was huge. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely didn't feel it. Epidural. Thank you. Um, <laughs> But it was, he was too big and I was too stubborn to go in for a C-section. So I did this to myself and I, I paid the price for it. But I mean, yeah, he's but... happy and healthy and I'm happy and healthy now. And the surgery was definitely worth it and I should not have taken so long to do it. But no. one of the things that you need to know beforehand is, are you going to have any more kids? Because it's not that you can't have more kids afterwards. It's that you're basically going to reverse it if you do. Yeah. Um, so I was positive we weren't having any more kids. I got asked about 17 times in the in the two weeks that we were going over the procedures and things like that with the doctors um, just to make sure because I am young and people are, you know, my age are still having kids and still thinking about kids and things like that and I'm just not on my mind. <laughs> yeah, see, I can't imagine because yeah. I know like Amber when Benton was born, that was one of the first things we, we were like, cool, we, we want to stop this stuff. Make this so it don't happen no more. Right. And the doctors are like, well, you're 24 years old. You want to do that? I'm like, between the two of us, there's four kids. We're, we're good. Stop this from happening. Right. <laughs> we have a happy, healthy boy and yeah. a three-bedroom house that one of the bedrooms is an office. I don't feel like buying a new house. Exactly. No. <laughs> so it's like, we're good. We, we don't want any more. I mean, we don't need to procreate, you know, anymore. We're good. And I think that's right. what kills me sometimes. I've had a lot of friends I've... I have a few friends that ended up with, you know, don't want to say it like this, but kids that they weren't really expecting and didn't really want because they had a doctor talk them out of getting fixed because they were so so young. Right. They're like, and oh. Steve was a miracle baby who made it through birth control, so, you yeah. know, he deserves to be here. So. <laughs> yeah, and I had a lot of friends that were like that. They were like, we didn't want any more, but, you know, when I tried to get, you know, them to t- tie my tubes, they were like, oh, you're too young for that. And it's like, that shouldn't be the doctor's decision. Right. I completely agree. Yeah. If, if I say I don't want any, then I don't want any. That's, that's it. And I completely understand that. <laughs> I mean, this world's overpopulated enough already. I mean, if someone says, I don't want kids anymore, you don't second guess them. Do the surgery right there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So let's take a quick break and do our have a commercial. And then we'll come back from the commercial. <laughs> We're going to talk some more about Spartan and all that fun stuff. So. All right. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, so we're back from break. So we've talked about a few things. We've talked about, you know, what what kept you from doing Spartan races or any kind of races, terrain races, those ones, any of those. 
so now that you've done them, now that you've had the surgery, what do you love about them? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, with the races in general, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rank them a little bit. Um, I've done, uh, last year I did terrain race, and then it was, I believe it was Dirty Dash after that. Maybe that was after Spartan. No, I did uh, terrain, rugged, dirty, uh, Spartan, and then Warrior. So I did five last year. Mm-hmm. And um, out of those, terrain has a place in my heart. It was difficult, but it was my first one. Yeah. It wasn't the most difficult at the time. It was the most difficult thing I've ever done. But um, it wasn't the most difficult of the year for me. Um, and then, so when I, when I tell people locally, because I pretty much, don't shut up about either cake or races. That's pretty much my entire life at this point. Um, So when I'm talking to people about our races, I tell them, if you're doing it for fun and you want to test out whether you can do it or not, go to Rugged Maniac. That is my favorite fun race. Yeah. Um, It's not hard. I can do it in a sub hour and I don't run. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The obstacles are, are fairly simple. Uh, and it has a lot of obstacles, which I really love, which is probably why I can do it in sub hour without really running like like the rest of the elites and the rest of the people who are doing it have fun running it, but I don't really run. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that one for, for its funness. And they, they also make the venue fun as well. You can see everything from the festival area and um, it makes it a little bit easier as a spectator to to be able to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, terrain is my favorite close-by race. I mean, I'm all the way down in Salem, Oregon, and so it's a little bit difficult to go to some of the races. You know, we go to Seattle, and we this past year we went down to San Jose. Uh, later on, we're going down to Dallas and things like that. Alex went and did a race in Austin and then got rained out. Um, <laughs> but we try not to travel too far. Um, So for locals, we say go to terrain. It's a tough race, but it's fun. I think it's mostly the the terrain is hard in the terrain race. So there's a lot of ups and downs, and it's on a a horse uh, center, an equine center. So there's a lot of little back trails and things like that that make it a little bit more fun. Um, The Dirty Dash was all right, but I have my own personal issues with that one um, that I won't, like, slam them on (laughs) public media for. Um... The Warrior Dash kind of concerned me last year, though. Uh, I got hypothermia at that one. It was. I cool. heard about that one. I, I did the, the swim, and the swim wasn't too bad for me, but I actually, I'm, I'm 100 pounds. At the moment, I'm 110. Um, What's that soaking wet? I'm a but... strong swimmer, um, an incredibly strong swimmer. Uh, I've been diving, scuba diving my whole life, and I've if I could swim and live in the ocean for the rest of my life, I would be perfectly happy with that. Um, the Little Mermaid. But, yeah, I'm totally a Little Mermaid. <laughs> I am a wanna. The ocean calls me, okay? Um, <laughs> so, um, when we were going across the, the little pond thing that was there, there was an island in the middle, and then you jump off the island, and there is no, no land underneath you. I mean, it's too deep for you to just walk out. And so, I had no problem swimming up to it, but there were some people, some... 200 pound men that were getting scared the water was cold they weren't used to it i grew up in the midwest and used to jump in my pool as soon as it thawed so um i i helped some people up onto the island and and rescued them to get up on the island so that they could breathe a little bit 
And then once we jumped off, I jumped off first, and I let them know that there is no ground. You have to swim. And so, you know, jump out as far as you could, and I pushed them because there was no lifeguard on duty. There was no buoy, and I think right after our heat, I think we had the first heat of the day, but there was no life preserver there during my heat. And I was like, that is terrifying. I shoved yeah. some people up to the to where we could stand because they were flailing. They were going to drown if they couldn't get any further. And while doing that with shoes on and full gear and things like that, some people were cotton out on the trails. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> and it just it weighed them down, and they weren't strong swimmers, and they thought that they could do the obstacle. And that wasn't safe. So that was my biggest issue with uh, Warrior. But... Hopefully they got that hashed out because there was a lot of people that were talking to uh, the head honchos about that, <laughs> me being one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, see, the so, warrior didn't have that swim here. Yeah, yeah, and this is location-specific. Um, I don't remember what the name of the location was. It's something hideout or, or something along those lines. I'm not from Oregon. I don't know what the name of it was, but... Um, then my favorite race of all time ever for everything is Spartan. It gives you an amazing challenge. It it tests your limits, and I absolutely love that. The obstacles are fun, and I, I just love it. I absolutely love it. So I will be Spartan forever and ever as long as I can. Um, I have hip dysplasia on both my hips, so I, I get worn out pretty hard, but I'll still push myself to my absolute limits. In San Jose, I was crying at the end, like, tears just streaming down my face not sobbing because i was trying not to cry but the, the tears came anyway <laughs> yeah but that was that was a hard course for me it's the hardest course i've ever done it was my first super i don't train for these i probably should especially because yeah, we all should doing the beast in seattle <laughs> are you doing the beast i am i'm getting my first trifecta and then yeah. alex signed up for the ultra down in dallas i was like i should go do something down there too like an insane person <laughs> And decided that I'm going to start four hours after him and do another beast. And I was like, well, if I'm doing another beast, I'm not going to waste it. Might as well go get a super and a sprint, too. So I'm going to go do the super sprint weekend in Sacramento as nice. well. Maybe get a 2X on my first full year of doing a Spartan. <laughs> See, and that's kind of what it, that's what it does to you. Because, I mean, that's one thing. I mean, a lot of people heard my story. I started with the Montana Beast. That was the first Spartan uh, I ever did. And it wasn't just yeah, the Montana Beast. It was the Montana Spartan. <laughs> Montana Founders Beast. Wow. It was, I mean, mile marker 17, I wanted to punch somebody. But it was, it was crazy, but I mean, I finished it and I'm like, I'm done. This is it. I don't ever want to see another Spartan race again. This was the stupidest idea I've ever had. (laughs) And then my wife's like, but you volunteered to, you know, we both volunteered the day before the race, so we have two free races. And I'm like, well, I'll do Washougal just so I can use the free races. And then I did Washougal, and that was the first year that they had the race in Seattle, and they did it in October, but it was a super that year. So a lot of people don't know that. In October, it was a super the very first year they did it in 2015. So I'm like, well, I've already done a beast, and I've done a sprint, so I might as well do the super and get this trifecta thing. Right, exactly. Exactly. That was kind of my logic on it, too. Since I volunteer all the time, I've given Alex his codes multiple times, like... I'll volunteer, like, in um, the Super in April this year, I did both days as volunteer with all of that rain and muck and traffic issues. Yeah, that was fun. parking lot where everybody was getting stuck. Um, I was out on the obstacle out at the rope climb. I said hi to most of the beasts. Yep. Um, 
And I was also directing traffic to make sure nobody got stuck in my corner. And nobody got stuck in my corner. That's um, good. So, uh, but I took those codes and I gave them to Alex so that he could go down to Austin and go race with his friends. That was his Christmas present this year. Is I was willing to sacrifice my time and efforts to go and make sure that he could have a boys weekend down in Austin with his friends and do the super sprint weekend. And while he did a super, he didn't get to do a sprint because it got rained out. Yeah. But Spartan makes good on that and, and gave him his code back so that he could go in and do another race somewhere else. And those are the kind of things that I really enjoy doing when, when going through it is I can volunteer and not spend copious amounts of money on race codes. <laughs> and that's just it. I mean, I've... I very rarely, there's one time I've spent money on, like, I mean, besides just paying the insurance fee, is last year, because I do street team, I don't do the normal volunteering. Well, street team codes aren't good in Hawaii. So last year, I bought the trifecta pass so that I could race in Hawaii. And that's the only time I've ever paid for races. Other than that, it's been all volunteering i mean i did three the first year i did i think 10 last year and i'm looking at i think 11 this year and i've only paid for three (laughs) so i mean it's i get the volunteer because i I volunteer you know street team whatever but you know amber volunteers too and amber has never done a spartan and she flat out tells me she never will she'll do terrain she did terrain up in monroe she didn't want to do terrain down in olympia because it was too hilly but uh She's done Warrior. She's done. She didn't do Rugged with me, but she's done a bunch of the other ones, Survivor stuff like that. But she's like, nope, I won't do a Spartan. She's like, it's too difficult. They but are definitely difficult. I they are. I convinced my best friend to do the uh, Washougal race because she is a um, dirt bike racer, and so that's one of the venues that she goes and races yeah. at. And I was like, come on, okay, you can do this. You're strong. She's uh, naturally athletic. She can throw a bike around all day long. So let's do this. And she's like, all right fine we'll do this like all right we can we can get through this and by the end of it she's like that wasn't horrible and it's motivated me at the gym so thank you when is our next one yeah and that's how it usually is i I did that i had one of my friends uh joel went with me washugal this was his first one and i've been trying to he was kind of a runner off and on and i've been trying to talk him into doing a spartan race for years and finally it was hey here's a code i'll see you in washugal and he's like, okay, fine, fine, fine. And he finished it. And he's like, so how do I get this trifecta thing? I'm like, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. So, I mean, it's... Now you're hooked. <laughs> yeah. And that's just it. You kind of finish one. And I mean, and partly too is I've heard from different people that they're changing up a little bit with Spartan. That it's supposed to be where it's always kind of been. They make the, the, the sprints like hard, just shorter. Right. And I've been hearing that they're actually going to be making the sprints easier. And take from the horse's mouth, I talked to Steve Hammond when I was doing the uh, build in Washougal. And he was a little upset, but yeah. he said that he'll deal with it. Um, yeah. That they are making it easier. It's why we didn't have a, a tire flip, why we didn't have, um, what was the other thing? There was a couple of them. And they, yeah, there's Twister. a few things that we didn't have. Uh, Twister, that's what it was. So um, there, we didn't have tire flip, we didn't have Twister because... He goes, they, they've come down from the higher-ups, and they've said that this needs to be an introduction and not as difficult. So we have to go it down a little bit for this sprint, but you can be sure that I'm going to take all of that pent-up anger and put it towards the supers in the 
And that's it. And they've said that what it's gonna, it's going to be a, ste- a step up. It'll be sprints will be like you know a little bit easier and shorter, and then it'll step up to the super, and there'll be harder obstacles on the super that you don't see on sprints. And then I think stuff like bender, twister, a lot of those you're probably only going to see on the beast. Yeah, um, bender. First time I did that was down in San Jose, and I I love we bender. We got there as soon as it stopped raining, so it was slick, and. Alex is a little concerned about me. I watched the guy next to me jump up, slip off, and almost his face on Bender as he fell down. I was like, oh, I'm terrified. I'm going to hurt myself on this. But I got up and over it without an issue. I was like, all right, no, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, see, I, like, I love Bender. Um, I did skip it this last year in Seattle just because it was pouring down rain so bad. And I had my, you know, my six-year-old son with me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea for us to try this, kid. I'm like, right. yeah. So... Yeah, and I, I didn't want him. He has a problem with heights anyway, and I didn't want to get him up there and have him freak out while it's wet, wet slick. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we're just going to walk by, kid. Just, yeah, don't worry about this one. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, in, in saying that, like, those that are, are worried about coming out and doing the races and whether they can handle the obstacles or not, yes, you have the penalty of burpees in Spartan if you don't complete the obstacle. But at the same time, don't push yourself so hard that you're going to hurt yourself or yeah. don't, you know, if you're terrified of, of drowning or going under the wall and things like that, don't go under the wall. Like don't shove yourself into a situation where you aren't comfortable, but at the same time, push your boundaries. Cause I've seen, um, in Washougal last year, I watched somebody go under the dunk wall and he had a, a hydration pack on and he didn't come up and I was just a spectator, but I was like, uh, we need to, we need to do something about that. He got his hat caught on the base of the wall, and at that point, this year it wasn't under the water, but yeah. then last year it was, and he was stuck. And I, all I see is his hands flailing up above, and we motioned over to someone, and the, the volunteer ran over and shoved his head under to get him back underneath onto the first side, and he took off his pack and then went back underneath to get another picture. So... Things yeah. like that. It's, it's terrifying, but, I mean, you got to push your limits, but don't don't push them too far. <laughs> See, and that's, I mean, this is what a lot of people, and anyone who listens to the podcast regularly knows, I hate the dunk wall. Absolutely despise it. That is my obstacle that is, like, the bane of my existence is the dunk wall. I hate it. I don't like, and see, I don't mind water. I don't mind swimming. I don't mind anything like that. But if it's murky water and I can't see into it. Yeah. I have a total, like, mind block where I can't put my face in it. I can't put my head under that water. It's like, I don't know what's in there. And I've watched enough horror movies to know that's where the bad stuff is. Yep, always. (laughs) And it was Montana this year. I got up there. I was psyching myself up. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And Montana's one of the ones where the dunk wall really isn't, like... Most places, it's kind of manufactured. Usually in Montana, it's actually just standing water that's been there. And I went to like go like do it and I'm talking myself into it and I looked down and I saw it look like just thousands of tadpoles. Like the top of the water was just teeming with them and it was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm out. I can't do this. Wow. And everyone's looking at me like, really? I'm like, I can't. No. My, my brain just immediately, the second I saw those little tadpoles, it's like, I don't know what else is in here. I'm out. <laughs> Don't go to Louisiana for those or the Florida ones. You never know if there's a gator in the bottom. <laughs> exactly. Gator, leeches, something. I mean, I've seen Stand By Me. I mean, anybody who's not seen Stand By Me, you don't know the fear that that movie put into boys. Have you ever seen Stand By Me? Right. 
Yeah. Where they he pulls the 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 leech out from his 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 pants, like his shorts, yeah. and then just yeah. passes out. You know what fear that put in the guys? I mean. I can only imagine. <laughs> I mean, that's always been my biggest fear. Anywhere I go and someone's like, there might be leeches. I'm like, oh my God, no, please no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, we all have our fear of something out there yeah. and there's no shame in it. And if you're terrified of something, just don't do it. It's not that big of a deal. And most These of the time, I will, to torture you, I will say out <laughs> of all of the Spartan races I've done, that is the first time I've ever just like been at the dunk wall and I'm like, nope, not doing it. Most of the time, I can talk myself into it eventually. It takes a little bit of time, but I usually talk myself into it. And right. like this last time in Washougal, I was actually, it was less than 30 seconds. And it was just for whatever reason, I was there. I was ready. It, I think it was partly that the wall didn't go completely to the water. Right. So it was easier for me and I went on without a problem. But I mean, other times I just, my brain doesn't want to do it. I'm like, nope, can't do it. Don't want to do it. But eventually I talk myself into it. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I tell everyone why I don't want to do a Tough Mudder. Because I'm, I have a problem with electric shock. Right. I don't like electric shock. I don't like the idea of electric shock. When I was a kid, I don't know why I had no problem grabbing an electric fence and touching the person closest to me to laugh when they shock, got shocked by it. I used to do the exact same thing. But for whatever reason, now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be shocked. I don't want to do this. And that's my biggest problem with um, doing those is I don't want the shock. And everyone's right. like, well, you can walk around it. And I'm like, but I can't. Ethically, I will not do a tough butter because of that one. Like, I can't sit there and go, okay, I'll do everything and then not that. Yeah. Like, I'm paying for this experience. I want to go and do all of the obstacles. I just, ethically, I can't I can't go and do tough butter because of the electroshock. And Alex and I have both discussed it and been like, is this something that you want to do? And he's like, no. Um, we watched a video of, of Mike Sanchez doing that uh, last year. And that was terrifying yeah. like no i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that you, you want to say terrifying I, for being able to do that oh, but i can't do it there's a video that i saw once and what finally made what decided me on this was when i first started getting into obstacle course races and i mean i did a lot i did mud factor hell run all these other ones way before i started did spartan and um i thought about tough motto but someone showed me a video of a guy that tried crawling underneath the wires and it, one of them hits him on the shoulder, and the shock, like, makes his arms stop for a second, and he drops face first into the mud. And oh. then he goes to get back up because, of course, he's face first in the mud, and he's going to drown. So he pushes himself back up, and when he pushes himself back up, he pushes himself straight back into that wire. And it hits him again, and then he goes face first in. And it's like a, a minute-long video of this guy basically pushing himself up, getting shocked and going face first into the water over and over and over again. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. I ain't doing that. I, I don't like push-ups. Like, <laughs> no, that, that'd be terrifying. Like, I would feel completely stuck and trapped and I don't think I can do that. I'm claustrophobic and that's yeah. pretty much the only real fear that I have. And I don't think I could handle having that situation. Yeah, and then I think the other one that someone showed me was someone running through it, and they're like, I'm just going to run and just running as fast as I could through it, and one of the wires, yeah. like, actually wrapped around his neck oh. and, like, yanked him oh. back. So it's like now you're just getting shocked and choked. I mean, I've seen some S&M videos like that, but that's that's just going a little, <laughs> a little weird for me. But, I mean, it's just like, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, that's, that's terrifying, and that, that goes with that whole... 
don't push yourself to that point where you're not comfortable. And there's a difference between being, I'm not comfortable doing monkey bars versus I'm terrified of doing monkey bars. Like, yeah. pushing yourself to that fear factor is completely different than going, I can conquer this fear. Yeah. If it's something that you can conquer without sending yourself into a panic attack or having to curl up in a ball and cry, then... <laughs> Is Go it, ahead and try. <laughs> like I said, one of my biggest problems is is me ment. I know who I am mentally, and I know what I am mentally. I'm crazy for one, but when when I look at an obstacle like that and I tell myself I'm terrified, I can't do that. In my brain, it's like cool. That's why you need to do it. Right. Exactly. And, and that's how I operate most of my yeah. stuff too. So if I'm on the course and I'm looking at something like I'm terrified, I can't do that. I'm going to try doing it anyway, and I'm just worried that, that, that that's going to be my, you know... I, I have enough enough injuries and body parts that don't quite work because of my brain going, hey, I should do this anyway, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I have a shoulder that dislocates on, you know, command and knees that barely work because at some point my body was like, hey, you need to stop, and my brain's like, no, we got this, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, and that's actually one of the things I, I, some people know, I did hurt myself at Washougal. I was pissed. I had a clean race, totally injury-free, just perfect, great, no problems. So, what do I decide to do? Hey, I want to go do that slide thing. Yeah. Yep. I got pretty injured on that one last year, too. Well, I thought that you, your wrist was hurting after that. Yeah, it's, you're, it's you're still, better. <laughs> it's still purple and green, but it's, it's doing better. Oh. But uh, but see, that was the thing is everyone kept telling me, they're like, you were sitting straight up. And I'm like, yes. But see, I talked to Heather and Heather said she yeah. got like a concussion and bashed her head last year. So I was worried yeah. about laying back. <laughs> I didn't want to lay back because I didn't want my head to bounce off the thing and get a concussion like Heather. So, you know, yeah. so I, I was. From the impact of slamming into the water is what mine happened from. I didn't think it would be that oh. bad, but it was bad. Um. Last year we were sitting at, my mom came to that race and we were sitting on the bleachers just watching people go down uh, while playing Pokemon Go. Um, I, and, I still uh, play Pokemon Go, don't, yeah. Uh, me too, is that right? Uh, <laughs> no, the boots there behind the bleachers are a Pokestop, just FYI for people for next year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So uh, we're sitting there watching it and occasionally we just hear, ooh, from people like that were closer. And I was laughing every time that happened. I was like, people are crazy. Like, what is causing them to sit there and hit so hard? Well, it was the smaller people. Because they made the lip at the end of the of the slide go up too high at such a high angle. People that were my size were flying off the top of these and just crashing down, essentially doing a belly flop. Yeah. And I lost my first ever Spartan headband. Um, which I think I was more upset about that than chipping my tooth. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... Um, Alex keeps telling me I can probably still go back over there and dig it out, but most likely. If you do, look um, for my sunglasses. I will. Um, maybe next build, uh, build shift next year. There you uh, go. But we, we came out of that. My top, I wear a sports bar when I go and run until I got my B-shirt, and then I wore my B-shirt last time, but um, last year I wore just a sports bar, and they're pretty tight-fitting. That flew up. I was like, well, good thing the water's murky. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I slammed my head down in the water. I got whiplash and concussion and ended up chipping a tooth and lost my headband. So I was I was upset about it. It was fun when it happened, but that hurt. And I was watching the video afterwards that my friend took, and I was one of those, ooh, 
people. So <laughs> yeah, it was interesting after that. And then this year when we were doing build and they were digging it out, we all discussed how dangerous that was last year. And so they were going to rectify that situation and, and make it less of a slope. But I still heard a few oohs out there. <laughs> Well, see, mine. What it was is, I was I did it the first time. On the, everyone kept telling me the left side was quicker, so I went the right side first. And I went down the right side, and I sat up because, like I said, I'd heard it from you, and I'd heard it from a few other people that sometimes when you hit the bump, your head would rock back, and they'd hit their head. So I'm like, I don't want to worry. I don't want to. I don't need a concussion, so I'm just gonna go for it. But halfway down, I realized my sunglasses were on. I'm like, well, those are gone. And I was right. The second I went off that bump, I felt them go off my head, and I'm like, yeah, buy sunglasses. So, which is fine. I spend like five bucks on the sunglasses I wear to, to races. I lost my last pair at uh, the Seattle race. So, going onto the dunk wall. So, I went off that one. Totally fine. You know, it, it was fun. I had a little bit, my, my one, my like right butt cheeker a little bit. Because when you hit the bump, it kind of, you know, jammed. But whatever, it was fun. So, I go down. I'm like, everyone's like, let's do it again. I'm like, cool, I'm going to go on the left side this time. And as I was going down, I started to like, because I was sitting up. That one, you kind of like squirreled your way down you didn't go straight there was a couple like quick spots that you kind of turned a little bit and I started to tip over so I put my right hand down and was running my right hand was like holding me up so when I hit that bottom lip that shot you up my hand jammed straight into the lip right and that was kind of thing and a lot of people said because who was it uh one of our friends Ashley got video of me going down and then got video of Tatiana and Jesse right behind me and on the video of Jesse and Tatiana, you can see me walking out of the water. And as I'm walking out, you can see me like flexing my hand and like r- rotating my wrist, trying to see if it was still going to work. And then everyone's like, "You hurt your wrist, good, didn't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, a little bit." And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's the video I watched of you. And after the race, I talked to you about it. But yeah, that was like watching it after I knew what had happened. As you were going down, I was clinched watching, yeah. <laughs> you know, knowing it was going to happen. <laughs> Oh, but I mean, it was a blast. It's one of those things. I mean, I do it every year and last year, I don't think I really hurt myself. I was already hurt. I think before I got there, I can't remember what I, I think I hurt myself in Washougal last year. I don't remember, but I think Washougal, I was just dead because I did Hawaii the weekend before. Right. Like Hawaii was one weekend and the very next weekend, like we flew back and then we did Washougal with my kid. So I was just dead by that point. But this year, luckily Hawaii's after Washougal. So, and that's what I was worried about when I hurt my wrist. I'm like, I fly out for Hawaii in less than two weeks. So, I'm yep. like, my wrist I'm can't hoping, be... Oh. I'm hoping next year that um, Hawaii is at the same weekend, because Alex and I couldn't afford to do it this year. But next year, if it's the same weekend, it's over a five-year wedding anniversary. That's the best so time to go. We're, we're planning to do the, the trifecta for our wedding anniversary, and we're super excited about it. So, I'm hoping that it, it happens the same as this year see this year this is actually our third year in a row <laughs> the first year it was and that's what's funny it's actually been it's, it's been a different week every year the last three All years right. so what's funny is if you look at like my my memories two weeks ago was last year i think in hawaii last week was this or this last week yeah was this week this last year in hawaii or the two years ago in hawaii <laughs> and then we'll be in hawaii next week but uh right but it's one of those things that it's it's crazy. The very first year we went, that's actually how Amber convinced me because it wasn't my idea. And that's what most people don't realize. Hawaii wasn't my idea the first year. It was my wife's because her thought was it was our 15-year wedding anniversary. Aww. So 
So she's like, hey, let's go to Hawaii for our 15th wedding anniversary. And I'm like, well, you know, do we really have the money? Is this something we really should be doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking about it. And then she looks at me and goes, the Spartan races are the same or the weekend before. So if we flew out Friday, you could do the Spartan races and then we'd be there for our anniversary and we could renew our vows. And I'm like, I'm in. So she talked me into it, you know, which most people like, you really didn't want to go to Hawaii. I'm like, it was, I was thinking about the money, but then she said Spartan was going to be there. And I'm like, I'm in. Let's do this. Throw money. Let's do it. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, the, the last two years we've been able to figure it out because her mom has a timeshare and has given it to us for free. So we haven't had to pay for, you know, a place to stay. And Amber is amazing at finding flights. I think for the two of us, it's less than 600 bucks round trip. So, nice. so I mean, that's kind of, she's figured out how to find like cheap ways to do this. Cause she's like, I want to go to Hawaii. So we're going to find ways to make this work. So find our flight so that we can uh, make it out there next year. <laughs> you should t- talk to her. She has this way of finding, like I said, we our flights out to Hawaii, I think we had in November. We didn't buy our flights home until, I think, June because she was waiting to find the like best price. Right. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, most people are like freaking out by that point. She's like, I will find a good price. Don't worry about it. You know? <laughs> And I'm like, it's okay if you don't find a price. We'll just live in Hawaii. Whatever. We'll live on a beach. We'll be fine. See, I'm perfectly okay with that in my life. Um, Hawaii is like my dream location. (laughs) I I am too, except, you know, the one thing I keep worrying about is a 16-year-old. I mean, it's like, you know, we're going to be in Hawaii. It's like, dude, you're going to have to find a place to live now. We're not coming back. Um, Sorry. You know. Right. That doesn't really work, apparently. It's abandonment or something. I don't know. But. Well, you know, it happens. It happens. (laughs) It happens. How, how old is the time limit that you can drop your child off at the uh, fire station and they'll take them for you? I'm not sure. I, I think 16 is over the, lim- the limit, but we can find. We can try. But, Dang it. <laughs> but yeah, no, Hawaii's always been one of those places. I love visiting Hawaii, but I don't know if I can ever live there. I'm, I don't like being trapped. And that's what I worry about yeah. with Hawaii is you can only drive around the island so many times before you're like, I'm stuck here. Yeah, my husband is a uh, zombie apocalypse kind of person, and uh, it, like it was required reading to read the zombie survival guide in order to date him. Nice. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my kid has a really good one he might like. It's about like a camp for zam- zombie apocalypse. It's really cool. It's kind of a comic book, Ooh. comic book, novel type thing. Hold on. Hey, Benton, what's that movie? What's that book? The, the zombie book, Boy Scouts of the Apocalypse. Tell I'll Alex, let Alex know. He'll have to look that one up. It's, they're supposed to be coming out with the second one in the series, like, sometime in the next month or so. But right. We found them at a Comic-Con, so, but. Yeah, that's where I found a few of the books that I read. It's from Comic-Con and, and uh, Heroes and Villains and things like that. Yeah. We have a ton of fun at things like that. Well, we absolutely love doing races and being all athletic and things like that, we are hardcore nerds. So am I. Um, we started dating because we were watching, he was watching Doctor Who, and oh. I kind of fell in love with him. Who's your favorite doctor? When I'm a huge Tenet fan. I was an Eccleston fan, and then found out that Eccleston threw a hissy fit um, at the end of his reign. And so once I saw Tenet leave, those were genuine tears that he did not want to leave Doctor Who. But it was that time. So. His love and passion for the Doctor is fantastic. I also just love the appearance that John Hurt did. 
as oh, the war doctor. The war doctor, and yeah. I have one of those, um, what is it, Funko Pop guys of the war doctor, which is awesome. Oh, that but is awesome. We, we truly enjoy things like that and Firefly, Serenity, oh, things like that. So, you're talking my language um, now. I mean... I, I don't know if you know, I have a whole other podcast that I do with a friend that's called Re Nerdish that is pretty much just nerdy things. I am a nerd. I just found out I just found out I'm going to PAX this year. So my apparently my niece's like husband works there or something and I'm going as his guest. So I'm like, okay, cool. So Yeah. So I, I am a total nerd. So I get your yeah. I get your I have a huge pop collection and I had to have the David Tennant one. I do. Lo- I, I liked Eccleston. I didn't like the way he went out, but I liked him. I liked the fact that he brought Who back. Right. And he did a good job at Me that. Too. And Tennant um, was one of I my did favorites. I not know what Doctor Who was at all until one day uh, I had moved out here, and my mom was like, "Here, we should we should still watch Doctor Who." And it's like I'm not that big of a nerd. I'm a car girl. Like yeah. I like working with my hands, which is what kind of got me into the cakes as well. But I love rebuilding cars. I like going out and playing on the dunes, and I like going off-roading and things like that. So I'm, I wasn't a huge nerd in that sense, but I, I loved all sorts of weird things. Yeah. Um, and my mom was like, just just watch one episode. And I was like, okay. So we watched the very first episode with Eccleston. And then I was like, okay. Like it was, we started this at like 10 o'clock at night. That was the wax Santa Claus, right? Let's, let's watch the next one so that we can, you know, kind of get a, a, a resolvement of this. And... Yeah. So she turned on the next one. And I was like, okay, maybe one more. <laughs> and we stopped watching at 5 o'clock in the morning. And we're just like, what, can we, we, we need to go to sleep so we can wake up and watch more of this. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was pretty hooked after that. But I've met a few celebrities. There's a picture on my Facebook of me with Stan Lee. Oh. Um, I got to see him at Comic-Con last year. It was his last year at Comic-Con in Portland. He is getting really, really old, and it broke my heart, but I was dressed up as Emma Frost. Nice. Um, and I had I had done gems all across my face, which itched like crazy. Um, and so I, I still, like, stood in line for two hours waiting to go see uh, Stan Lee, and when I got up to him, he touched me, which was amazing, and, like... <laughs> I almost freaked out right then. And then he looked at me and goes, you look amazing. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, how do you respond to that? Uh, uh, words. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> just beside myself with excitement. And to this day, I look at the picture of my sister, me, and Stan Lee together. And I was just like, he said I looked amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's really why the buddy I do my podcast with the on the that he got to meet Stanley last year at Emerald City Comic Con, and I just and I I hate myself for it now, but I didn't see spending that much money just to meet somebody and have them sign my stuff. But I regret it now because I'm like I should have spent the money. But right. then uh, I went to a Toy and Geek Festival, which is one that happens up here by me and Puyallup. It's uh-huh. it's a blast. And I went to that one, and they do it differently where you can, like, you basically, when you pay for your ticket to, to meet someone, you're given a time slot, like a right. half an hour time slot, so you're not standing in line for hours, you know, and wasting we your entire day. We had one of those as well. It was just that many people were oh. waiting to see him. <laughs> but I didn't get to, I didn't go see anyone. I actually, <laughs> I ran into Jason Mews, like, outside oh of God. it. I love him. But it was like one of those things me and my, my son were walking through, like they had a little arcade thing and we're walking through and I mean, he walks by and I'm like, that's Jason Muse. 
And Jason Mewes looks at me and goes, no, it isn't. And he walks around the corner, but he walks around the corner, then he suddenly pops his head back around and goes, yes, it is, and runs away. And I'm like, that's actually better, I think, than getting a picture and meeting him, because that was awesome. Right, it's that unique experience. It isn't the step up, take a picture, walk away. Step yeah. up, take a picture, walk away. Style. No, that's awesome. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, I have a whole other nerdy podcast called Re that I do with my friend. We've been doing it for shoot two and a half years now, and that's kind of why this podcast came about. Was because everyone's like, "Hey, we should do a podcast," and I'm like, "Well, I'm have experience." So, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, so if you like nerdy things, re-nerdish is, you know, we have a blast with it. In fact, like I said, I'm going to PAX, and we go to all the Jet City Comic Con up here. We go to all those. So, like, this this weekend's been a weird weekend for me. I mean, Friday I was at Phantom of the Opera, which I love. Have you ever been to Phantom? <laughs> I have, I've actually never even seen it. I used oh. to, I'm a, I'm a karaoke-er. Um, Semi-professional. Um, so I, I sing a lot. Like music is my life. Yeah. And when, even when I'm out running um, in the races, like when I'm getting tired and I can't move on any further, I'll start singing while running. So sorry, not sorry to those around me while I'm singing this one. I sang. Um, keeps you going. The soundtrack of Trolls. Nice. While running. Um, That's a good one. Because it's upbeat. And it's, it's a good beat to run to. But uh, for karaoke, one time I'm sitting there and. In Missouri, you're allowed to go to the bars underage. You're just not allowed to drink. And so that's where I grew up is in Kansas City, Missouri. And I was at the bar with my dad, and it was karaoke night. And I go up there, and I sing Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again and blew it out of the water. My dad stood up, came up to me, was crying. was like, where the hell did that come from? Nice. <laughs> but, yeah, I can, I can rock the mic. I've just never actually seen it. So one it's, day I should probably do that. <laughs> Family Opera is amazing. And this was actually, this is my fourth time seeing it. And it was it was amazing. But it just, I'm crazy because I went and saw Phantom Friday. And then I saw Kid Rock the next night on Saturday. And that everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, wait, you went to Phantom and then you're going to Kid Rock. They're like, that's completely opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm like, yeah, and they're awesome. They're, they're both awesome, you know. And then today I went and got a pedicure. So I'm like, whatever. You know, you gotta pamper yourself in whatever way you see fit. <laughs> you do, and it's one of those things. We've had, I've talked to other people like Patrick and Lorenzo and Zane and all those people, and we all agree. I mean, everyone thinks about, you know, a pedicure, and they're like, yeah, men don't get pedicures. I'm like, then you're stupid. Because right? after doing a Spartan race or a train race or any of those things, when your feet are killing you and they're coated in mud no matter how many times you've taken a shower there's still mud underneath your toenails you go in and some person will sit there and pamper your feet clean all that stuff out massage them get rid of all the calluses it's a it's amazing i think everybody should do it right after a race like maybe wait a day or two to try and get some of that mud out but so but everyone should do it i agree like, I don't know the last time that, I think it may have been for my wedding that I got a mani-pedi, um, and that was in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> you should definitely do it after a race. I did it, but wait a day or two, because I did it one time where it was, like, the day after a race, and I, like, took my shoes off, and, I mean, I'd showered, like, three times already trying to get that mud out, but I, like, take my shoes off and everything and dip them in there, and she goes, like, work on my feet, and she's like, what the hell do you do? I'm like, What? <laughs> She's like, your feet are dirty. <laughs> well, Alex doesn't always, like, pamper me and, and things like that. Um, we're kind of past that stage in our marriage right now. But um, yeah. I, 
on our first race, on the train race, because he had done a few of them by this point, a few different races by this point, um, he comes over to the, I'm exhausted, and I'm hurting, and I'm tired, and I lay down on the bed, he comes over to me after my shower, and grabs my feet, and starts cleaning out for my toenails, I was like, what are you doing? He goes, I made the mistake of not doing that, I've showered, and things like that, after my races, but it got to like, a, a week afterwards, I didn't notice, and I go to looked down at my toes and they're all gnarly from still having mud in them from Snohomish and you know they start smelling real foul so you gotta clean underneath your toenails after every one and this is the last time I'm doing it he hates feet it's a fiery yeah. passion so it meant a lot but that, uh, yeah. it was really funny that is funny yeah that's you, you'd be surprised after you do one of these races where you find mud I mean it was like I think Amber did the dirty dash with me up here and it was like a week afterwards, and I turned and looked at her, and I was like, you still have mud in your ear. <laughs> and she's like, uh, what? And know, like, yeah, there's mud still in your ear. <laughs> right. So you know that I have the pink hair. Yes. Um, and my hair dye lasts forever. It's fabulous, and I love it. Uh, Manic Panic, if you ever need to dye oh, yeah. your bright pink. They've been doing um, man- I've been so- using Manic Panic for years. I haven't done it in years, but yeah. Right, and it's fabulous, and I love it. It makes your hair super soft because it's a conditioner-based um, hair product. And so I I had just done my hair recently, so it was still vibrant and bright. Well, I didn't get to take a shower after Washougal until I think we got home around midnight because Alex did the hurricane heat up in Washougal. Mm-hmm. And so my hair was just caked with the mud. Well, the mud sucks all of the, the moisture out of your hair. But it also sucks the color out. So it went from being bright, vibrant pink, and I go to wash it out, it, it wash out the mud, and more mud came out than pink, which was surprising, in the shower. And you can see spots that were just caked with mud and are now bleached out. I'm <laughs> like, dang, I have to redo this now. The, the one, I did not a... know that, the, that it bleaches out your hair if you leave mud in your hair for too long. There's a trick to make the mud come out easier and to keep that from happening. Coconut oil. You take coconut oil, and from being a long-haired person, trust me, I figured this one out from somebody else that told me, and I tried it. You take coconut oil, like get the stuff, you know, that's not really oil, it's kind of a, a paste or whatever until uh-huh. it gets warm and then it turns into an oil. But you take that and uh-huh. rub it into your hair before a race, and at the end of a race, you can pretty much just like hose off your hair and the mud will just drip right out. Nice. So it, it comes right out. And, most races I've done, like a dunk wall or whatever, will wash it right out. And it's like, yeah. I mean, my hair gets long, gets a lot of crap in it when I when I race. And that's one of the reasons why I've, normally I didn't do it at Washougal, but I've started uh, braiding my hair before a race because it makes yeah. it easier to clean afterwards. But Yeah, I, I pull mine back because um, I've, I cut my hair super, super short, which I don't like short hair, uh, last year. And it's finally starting to grow back. I pulled my bangs back into like little tiny um, rubber bands on the top of my head and then pulled everything back to my ponytail to make sure that it did not fall out and it didn't fall down and get tangly or anything like that while I was at that race in Washougal. So I've been trying to figure out ways of making sure my hair doesn't get too crazy during these races. Yeah. Uh, I would <laughs> say definitely go with coconut oil. <laughs> coconut oil is a great thing to get the nastiness out of your hair afterwards. I mean, it's... I love it, and I use it most time before a race. So, and yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's a weird idea. But Stevie told me about it once before, like Hawaii race, and I coated my hair in you know coconut oil. And by the end of the race, you couldn't even tell there was mud in it. It's just like the mud just falls right out. I will definitely be doing that before the beast. 
but you got to wash your hair to get the coconut oil. It take, coconut, it, to get the coconut, I mean, it helped. The coconut oil is good for your hair because it puts moisture back into your hair, but it makes right. your hair very, very stringy, like 1990s, like surfer hair. You know what I'm talking about? That's this, this, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it will do that I to can, your hair. I can till, make my appearance in point break, no problem. Yeah. So <laughs> it'll give you that, that greasy looking hair, but it'll keep the, the stuff out of it. So, yeah. Well, I think we've been having fun with this. This is actually, we're over an hour on this conversation, so. Wow. Yeah. So. Hey, you told me to talk about myself. I can do that all day. <laughs> and that's fine. That's exactly what I, what I love. I mean, I love to hear the stories of, you know, I've said it before, as you know, I like to hear the stories of people overcoming things. And one of the things, right. you never know until you talk to someone what they're really going through. You know, we, we talked about it on one of the last episodes I did, uh, I think with uh, Andrew and them, where you're talking about you don't know what what has happened to that person right before this. You know, I mean, Adam Adam mentions, you know, before he did his very first race, most people don't realize he got a phone call from his wife at the time saying, I'm leaving you, like an hour before yep. him. And it's I, like... I heard that story at the hurricane. Yeah. He, was, he was telling them about that, and so I actually got that on video. But, um, yeah, that was a, a pretty rough story to listen to. Yeah, uh, and it, overcome that obstacle. <laughs> and it, there's, you know, like I said, you just don't know what people are going through. I mean, a lot of people don't realize, like, when I did the Montana race, that first race I did, that trip with me and my wife, that was pretty much of let's see if we can save our marriage trip. Yeah. You know, and that was now three years ago, and everything's going great now. You know, and I mean, nobody knows. You don't know what that guy next to you or that person that you know you talk to at every race. You don't know what they're going through. I mean, how many people do you think knew about your your issues, you know, with worrying about peeing yourself at a race? Right, exactly. Which is part of the reason why I want people to know that those that are out there, because I have talked to a few beasts out there about it, you're not alone. No. And there are those that are willing to help you out with it. You may be shy, whatever. Private message me, uh, call me, whatever you need. I'm definitely there. I can talk about it to you. I'm medically trained um, in that department as well so i'm i'm able to assist with the basics of it and you know this is what i've done this is what didn't work this is what did work some people all you have to do is go to physical therapy other people may be as severe as you know getting surgery done and don't be afraid to do the surgery it didn't cost all that much with insurance and it it made so much of a difference i can't tell you how much of a difference personally that it has made but i I have changed completely. I, I've never battled with, with depression before in my life. I'm kind of a bubbly person, if you didn't notice. Yeah. Um, and when I had these issues for the past, you know, five years, I have gone into depression. And I didn't realize it because I am a bubbly person. But when I'm going through things like that, I covered up really, really well. My sister almost passed away, and I was like the rock of the family for a little bit there. And with that and my personal issues happening and stuff like that, I was broken very broken so after getting the surgery done it made so much of a difference that that wasn't a worry on my mind anymore and drastically changed everything so if you're debating about it or, or worried about it or anything like that it's not worth worrying about Get it done. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, any other issues? I mean, if there's something that you guys need help with, I mean, there's so many of us beasts that are here for you um, for anything. Um, yep. We're, we're family now. It's, you know, I, I know Kim and Nick, they went on their honeymoon and I saw a post that they're having just a horrible time and I shared it. And Kim's like, thank you. I'm like, you're family now. Deal with it. I mean, yep. 
You know, I mean, it's the the beast is more than that, and that's what I love about the beast is we're not just a team, we're a family. I mean, the, the, there's that core group of the beast that. I feel like if something bad happened in my life and I needed help, I could ask for help and they'd all be there. Right, exactly how I feel as well. And I felt that basically since day one, Adam kind of welcomed me in. And after that, it just an outpouring of love and support from the beast. And I, I posted a really, really long post the other day to not only my personal page, but also to the beast about how much they have changed my life in just the support and the love and everything that comes with it it's not just for for the races it's not just for athleticism it's for i'm having a crappy day and i need someone to talk to and somebody's right there to help out i know i've made a good friend out of candace and when we're having a rough day we'll we'll chat and things like that it's just been it's been great to have a new family it's we don't know very many people down in salem other than my family that lives within a mile radius of our house and it's nice to have someone else there that's not literal family like blood family but that's yeah. there for support and encouragement and it just it broadens everything and seeing everyone at the races everybody is so loving and hugs galore and it's just it's fabulous i i love it the beasts are everything they are and i mean that's one of the things i've had this conversation quite a lot lately with people is sometimes the family you choose is that much better than the family you were born with it sounds bad, but it's like, you know, I know, like I said with the beast, if I was to pose something like something horrible happened and I needed help, and even if it wasn't something horrible, just something I needed help, they would be here. And I mean, you know, for an example, two years ago, I had to move to, from Renton to Puyallup, and it was an unexpected thing. It was one of those where landlords like, hey, we've decided we want to remodel this house. We can't do it with you in it, so you need to leave. And we'd been there for 14 years over 14 years and so we had to find a new place move and hawaii was like we went to hawaii it got back from hawaii and had to move like the next weekend and that's the first time i ever met james tinko was Uh because brandon and jody were coming down to help and james was hanging out with them and they're like hey we're gonna go help this mike move he's a beast and James came down. It was a, I'd never met him. And he was at my house helping me move. You know, Jesse, you know, Jesse, you know, from WCO showed up. I mean, there were so many people, like beasts that were just like, hey, what do you need? Do you need a truck? Do you need help? Do you need this? Luckily, I worked for a demolition company, so I had the trucks. It was just, I needed people. And that's what I love about the beasts. You call them, they're going to show up. And, and it's right. awesome. So. Yep. All right. Do you have Do you have anything else you want to say be, to the listeners before we run away? Not really. I mean, I think they know most of my life story by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I thank you for for bringing me on here and, and chatting and getting kind of my story out there and having other people hear it and hopefully something comes of it. You know, let people know that there there is love and support out there if you need it and if you ever have any questions about cake or you know whatever then feel free to hit me up right on and and for anybody who wants info on wookies cookies and cakes um i will make sure i put a link into the the description of the podcast so that you can go find her because she makes some amazing cakes i mean if you get a chance look at some of the cakes she made for she made nick and kim's wedding cake um which is amazing with all the pictures on it that was awesome um, and I made Facebook stuff for them to steal those pictures. 
but yeah, so yeah, I mean, she's made some amazing cakes. I mean, just amazing. So, um, take a look at that and yeah. So thank you again for coming on and I'm sure I will see you soon. Definitely. Well, next time I'm going to see everybody, I believe, is in uh, Seattle for the Beast. I'll be there. And then I'm doing Tahoe. So, oh, I'm not doing it. I'm going to Tahoe. Alex is doing Tahoe, and Gabe is getting his trifecta in Tahoe. Eventually, I'll do Tahoe. I'm hoping as long as everything goes right in Hawaii, which actually everyone should know because this episode will actually air the Monday after Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So everyone will know how good or bad I did in Hawaii. As long as Hawaii, <laughs> <laughs> as long as Hawaii has gone right, um, that'll be trifecta number two for me. Nice. And then Seattle will finish number three because I'll have Hawaii will be number three on both my super and my sprint. Actually, I think it's number four on the sprint. But so I'll have all the supers and sprints that I need. But it'll only be the second beast. So my Seattle Beast yeah. will be trifecta number three, and that'll be this will be my second year in a row that I've gotten three three trifectas. So that's awesome. Yeah. So and next year I'm hoping that my my, my exercise goals will start to be getting get better, and that next year I'm hoping to actually have some of those where I'm I'm thinking about trying some competitive waves, but I need to lose about sixty pounds before I can do that. Well, we're, we're going to start doing workout days down here, start going to the, the workout days up there, and maybe that'll, that'll be a goal. <laughs> yep, that's my goal. I want to do some stuff. I just got to work on figuring out some things with my foot still. Um, I'm getting there. Um, it's just a matter of, of getting that worked out, and I, I think I've, I've got some plans in my brain. I've just got to make, some, make them all work. So hopefully next year will be a whole new, new year for me. So. Awesome. That sounds really cool. It does. So, and we'll have to get together one day and make a cake together. Absolutely. And if you want to see some of those weird ones I made, let me know. I mean, they're, they're a little kinky, but whatever. <laughs> and I just finished uh, my Oregon State Fair cake um, that was pretty intense. So by the time that this airs, then it should be also up on my page. I'm not allowed to post pictures, but I turned it in yesterday. Um, Very nice. It's a carousel horse, and it stands 28 inches tall, and it's fully suspended. Wow. Now, did you do that out of yeah. fondant? It, it's covered in fondant, and because it's a showpiece, it's actually out of Rice Krispie, but it's uh, plausible to be an actual cake. But it's it was a lot of work. It took me a solid week of work doing it, and it's not as beautiful as I really wish it would be, but it is definitely fantastic. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm horrible with fondant. I, I can use it if I have to, but I've always been better with icing, but that was kind of my... My thing was the icing cakes. I need to work on the fondant if I want to start doing this more again, but someday. Modeling chocolate is my favorite. Yes, I've <laughs> seen some of that stuff, and oh, what they can do with that. Okay, we should probably start getting off the subject, so I'm going to start going on. Right, right. No, we're going to keep it on for days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you again, Heather. Um, it sounds like we're definitely going to have to have you do this again, so, I mean, we have so much more we can chat about. So Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, and I will see you in Seattle. Yeah, definitely. See you later. All right, see you later. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.